You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Ayman al-Zawahiri. He was leading al-Qaeda up until last Saturday. The U.S. killed him in a drone strike. He was in Kabul, Afghanistan, and now he is gone. And that is a very good thing. This man had a, a key role, a vital role, in planning the September 11, 2001 attacks. It's taken more than 20 years to get him. That's a long time. It was 10 years ago plus that the United States got uh, bin Laden. At this rate, well, I'm not impressed. I'm not. Are you? Now, Joe Biden made the big announcement, you know, trying to sound like that wartime president. But, uh, you know, every time I look at him and when we're talking about things like Afghanistan and Iraq and the war on terror, I think about, well, our colossal defeat in Afghanistan. And I think about how he and Barack Obama helped give birth to ISIS. There would be no ISIS had it not been for Barack Obama's incompetence, assisted by Joe Biden. There wouldn't be. And that brings me to, um, well, the main theme for Joe Biden that I'm seeing right now, there is no fear factor when it comes to Joe. No one is afraid of Joe. That's a problem when you're a president, when you're a leader. You need your friends and your enemies to be afraid of you. Just a little bit, maybe a lot, it varies. They need to be thinking, how is this person going to penalize me if I don't do what he or she wants? Right now, Joe is sick, lame, lazy, unpopular, and people are walking all over him. Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Putin, China, you name it, no one is afraid. And that is a really bad situation, and it's damaging national security. So take Taiwan, for instance. Now, Taiwan, China really is sensitive about Taiwan, okay? And uh, I understand they uh, consider it part of their own country. Look, I'm rooting for the Taiwanese over China. I hate the Communist Party there, but they are a superpower, and we have to contend with them. Listen to their warning that they issued about Nancy Pelosi potentially going to Taiwan. Honor President Biden's pledge not to support Taiwan independence and not to arrange Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. If Speaker of the House of Representatives Pelosi visits Taiwan, the Chinese side will definitely take resolute and strong countermeasures in response and defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity. <laughs> okay, I'm on notice. I don't think she should go. They're also putting out this uh, beautiful footage of their military in action. Set to music. Pump it up.
No, it's not beautiful. It's kind of, uh, I don't know if it's scary or what. Look, these people mean business. They are upset right now. What is Nancy Pelosi doing other than screwing things up, potentially for the entire planet? You know, she's always kind of hysterical. Remember how she was about Trump, always pointing her finger at him as being a threat. She's the real threat. But remember, every day almost. It is a matter of fact that the president is an ongoing threat to our national security. You called the president's commutation an act of staggering corruption. Is it an impeachable offense? It's staggering corruption, but I think it's important for people also to know that it's a threat to our national security. The evidence is clear that the president, the president has used his office for his own personal gain and in doing so undermined the national security of the United States. You know what undermines the national security of the United States? This stuff, <laughs> the military hardware of China. They're flexing their muscle. They want to wage war if Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan. At least they're talking about it. It probably won't happen. But what are we gaining from Nancy Pelosi going over there? This is something that a powerful, strong leader could get on the phone and tell Nancy, stop it. Turn around. You're screwing things up for everybody. But Joe can't do that. He can't pick up the phone because, well, I'm sorry, but no one respects him. No one's afraid of him. What is he going to do to Nancy Pelosi? On paper, he's powerful, but in reality, not so much. I mean, hey, Speaker Paul Ryan, remember that guy? He was uh, definitely, let's say, concerned about Donald Trump. He did not want to cross him. It was a full-time job not messing with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump sometimes, I mean, look, the world was on notice. Do not mess with us. Remember? North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. You know, some people were scared, and that's actually a good thing. When they're afraid, they respect, and you can actually do amazing things. Not too long after that, President Trump met with Kim Jong-un. Um, peace through strength, I believe it's called. Now, can Joe Biden pull this kind of stuff off? I mean, just look at the guy. He is weak. Everybody knows it. Politically, he's weak. Physically, he's weak. And no one's scared. So we have something called the uh, presidential fear factor. Take a look. Uh, not exactly scientific, but when it came to President Trump, the world was uh, somewhat terrified. And that actually is a good thing. You want people on notice. You want them guessing and worried. How about with Barack Obama? Were they afraid? Not really. Mild concern at best. Uh, George W. Bush, eh, they were scared, but we kind of blew it all in Iraq. And then it went down to mm, kind of worried to minor concern. Uh, let's move on to President Clinton. He was such a clown at times, indecisive, screwed up Somalia, Kosovo, minor concern. Presidential fear factor for George H.W. Bush, uh, right in the middle. Again, uh, kind of blew it all on Iraq, had no backup plan, and that was that. Oh, hey, you know who really perfected it? Got the sweet spot? Ronald Reagan. The world was 
was scared. And actually, the Russians, when they saw this cowboy, they didn't know what they were. They were scared and they behaved. Uh, we had him in check. Now, now it gets really ugly. Jimmy Carter. No one was afraid. Actually, yeah, they just pitied him. And I think that's where we are with Joe Biden. Again, he just, no, pity. They pity him. No respect. Domestically and internationally, that's where we are. And Joe, you brought this on yourself. Number one, losing Afghanistan. How could you do that, huh? You know, <laughs> the only thing you got going for you here is in our current distracted state, Maybe people will forget this. I don't think our adversaries will. And then Joe, just day in and day out, he can't hack the job. Did you see when he gave up? Remember in the middle of a press conference, he just he just collapsed. He just gave up. He couldn't hack it. He couldn't hack the pressure. Uh, and here's something else that he's responsible for. And so is the fake news, because they all knew this about Joe, yet they swept it under the rug. He's always been... Sorry, kind of dumb. You know, I was thinking on the way over here. <laughs> now, that's a little too much, because as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, a rap on Biden has always been that it's just a surface. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play. For the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. Wow. This would kill most political careers forever. You'd have to leave the Senate. You couldn't get reelected. Somehow Joe got through it and look where he is now. I just can't get over it. There's so much of this stuff. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things. I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. <laughs> yeah, and that dumb things again part, we're seeing it. This kind of plagiarism would get you fired from um, any university job. Um, it would get you in trouble in a lot of places, not just the plagiarism, but the lying, the embellishment. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. Notice anything about the press, Sam Donaldson, Ted Koppel, people like that? from all over the political spectrum. I mean, we call them fake news now, but back then they weren't afraid to take on Democrats, finally. The wise idea, though, to take something that personal anyway from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign. I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was. 
you know, Joe Biden, Biden, and now they're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot of people. First. Politically, that's devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Oh, oh, oh. too dumb to have the job of president in your mid-40s in the 1980s? What about now at the age of 79? I'm sorry. And as for credibility, I think this whole COVID thing that he, oh, yeah, that's, remember, remember where we have him, okay? We are, a lot of the world pities him, but not me, not now. It's too important. I'll pity him later. I don't believe this whole COVID thing, by the way. I just don't. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. All right. Uh, <laughs> symptoms are mild. He has COVID. He looks fine. And then he's cured, remember? I've uh, just tested negative for COVID-19 after isolating for five days. Yay. And now? Hey, folks, Joe Biden here. Tested positive this morning. Going to be working from home for the next couple of days. Uh, and the film fine. Everything's good. But uh, Commander and I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Look, when Joe Biden is out in public, he makes a lot of mistakes. And I think this is a bit of a reprieve for the White House staff. Keep him inside. Keep him in isolation. And he can't do anything that wrong on the international stage. And remember, all this COVID stuff started happening right after he said he had cancer. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Should we believe him? Could we believe him? What is he saying? Was he making a mistake? Is it a gaffe? Is it true? Who knows? Who knows? He's just not a leader. In fact, I don't really think he's in charge. And you've heard this before, but there's more and more evidence suggesting that the real president right now, not, you know, in writing, not officially, but really pulling the strings is Barack Obama. When we come back, the sneaky little plan that he's up to. We'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n-ads.com so, Barack Obama, I do believe that when he was bragging about this, it's exactly the scheme that we're seeing play out right now. If I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm -hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was. Uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. Okay, and that's what's going down. Um, all right, some background. Joe Biden 
is clearly subordinate to Barack Obama. We can see it in the body language between these two, the way White House staff react to these two. Joe Biden is the sitting U.S. president. Barack Obama is a former U.S. president. And just look at that. Now, one thing that Barack, a lot of things, but one thing he did not do was leave Washington, D.C. when he was done being president. All presidents leave Washington, D.C. except him. He got a great big fat house and his office is only like 1.2 miles away from the White House. That's very, very close. Now, he had a reason for staying in Washington, D.C. He uh, blamed it on his kid. You guys are moving, uh, you guys are moving like two miles away from the White House. We will, staying be, in we, we will be staying in D.C. because uh, my younger daughter uh, will still be in school, and the idea of... Uh, her having to transfer schools, move to a new city halfway through high school uh, would not make me popular. Yeah. All right, that's cute. But um, Sasha Obama graduated in 2019. That's um, that's three years ago. All right. And uh, Barack Obama still has that crib in Washington, D.C. and that house. And I noticed the way he tweets. He tweets like he's the chairman of the United States and... Joe Biden is like the CEO who works for him. Take a look. Uh, all weekend long, he's putting out statements about the progress that Joe has made. You know, this has been a big week for the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress. He's giving them an attaboy. Next, please. He writes, uh, Congress is on track to pass a bipartisan bill that will lower the cost of everything. Next. Mm, I'm grateful to President Biden and those in Congress who are working to deliver for the American people. Yeah, they're working. I'm just kicking back, watching the situation. I'm actually in charge. You know, there are all kinds of people who work at the White House who are not loyal to Joe Biden, but go way back with Barack Obama. He still has the trappings of being a president. I mean, the Jets. Apparently, he's maybe a billionaire at this point. And look at that moment when he boasts to Stephen Colbert. Look at his eyes. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be pulling the strings. This is not a man making a joke. This is a man bragging about an arrangement. I'm sorry, but he's just not a trustworthy guy about almost everything, even his faith. What I was suggesting, you're absolutely right that John McCain has not uh, talked about my Muslim faith. And you're absolutely right that that has not Christian come faith. My, my Christian faith. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is that he hasn't suggested that I'm, right. that I'm uh, a Muslim. I think he might just be a Muslim. Now, that's fine. We can have a Muslim president, a Muslim senator. It doesn't matter. But to be deceptive about it, that's the problem. And I think he may have been deceptive about that and a lot of other things. Hey, the border wall that Democrats found so offensive, so reprehensible, so xenophobic, uh, Joe Biden is finishing a portion of it in Arizona. Uh, it's pretty wild. Remember, Joe, during the campaign about how terrible this all was? Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. Okay, well, uh, fast forward to now. They are completing the wall in Arizona. Uh, Biden pledged not to finish the wall, but the DHS is closing a, a four wide gaps near Yuma, Arizona, the third busiest migrant crossing area.
look, this is one of the things that I'm pleased he's reversing himself on. Uh, if only he would apply it to the entire border, that would be fantastic. Hey, Ashley Babbitt, we're going to do this every single night. We're going to start counting the number of days it's been since she was shot and killed. A completely outrageous, unjustified shooting. And she's had no justice. Neither has her family. 572 days since we'll be developing this coverage and adding more features to it. But we can never forget what happened to Ashley Babbitt and how our government has turned its back on her and her family. All right. When we come back, take a look at this. Um, These police cars on fire back in the summer of 2020. These two individuals are responsible. They've entered guilty pleas. They still have not been sentenced. More than two years later, they're still free. Compare And all these Black Lives Matter protesters, very few have been held accountable for their actions. Wait until you see what they just did to a January 6th protester, throwing him in jail for more than seven years. He didn't hurt anybody and he didn't break anything. We'll be right back. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. All I can can say say is is that that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They are so horrible, and they have engaged in so much hype and distortion about January 6th. And it's having a real-world effect in real people's lives, like Guy Reffitt. He was a January 6th protester. He got in a lot of trouble. But I've seen the videos. I've seen a lot of the evidence. And uh, one thing I can tell you, he didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. And he did not enter the Capitol. Now, he's been in jail since January 19th of 2021. Again, not accused of entering the Capitol. His was the first criminal trial from January 6th. And now, well, he's been sentenced. And let's put that up. Convicted of various weapons charges. Yes, he did have a weapon with him. Did not use it. Uh, Sentenced to 7.25 years in prison. Obstructing an official proceeding. All that kind of stuff. Now, his wife spoke out, I think, very boldly and powerfully right after the sentencing. Listen. We really didn't expect anything more from a two-tier justice system here in the D.C. area. Uh, there's not going to be a one-sixer that will not be persecuted for their political ideology. No matter if you are a liberal, if you're an independent, if you're a Republican, this is not okay. The way that people protest in the future will be determined on their political ideology if it's okay to charge them or not charge them. She's absolutely right. We see it. We see it every day with the cases from January 6th, and you compare them to the Black Lives Matter cases. Next. He went that day because the United States is the last great stand we have. And if we allow our country to keep being driven into the ground by the corrupt, evil politicians here in this city, then one day at your kitchen table, FBI is going to come in and tell you that you stood up at the school board meeting and you are now a domestic terrorist. So wake up, America. This isn't just about Guy Wesley Ruffin. This isn't about just one six. This is about our liberties being stomped on. She's right. 
Her name is Nicole, Nicole Rufford, and um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Now, the judge handed down this uh, extraordinarily harsh sentence and also had something to say. I want to be very clear, under no legitimate definition of the term patriot does Mr. Reffitt's behavior on and around January 6th fit the term. It is the antithesis of the word. And then she goes on to say, the officers at the Capitol are the patriots, as well as those who fought and even died to protect our democracy, our rule of law. Those in the mob are not. They're a direct threat to our democracy and will be punished as such. Now, can I see Mr. Reffitt again, please, on January 6th? Yes, the, what an extreme threat to our democracy. A man standing. He's not assaulting cops. He's not doing much of anything. He is standing there, and he's about to go to jail for 7.2. He's right next to a cop at this point. Here he is taking the tear gas out of his, uh, out of his eyes, sending him to jail for seven and a half years. And uh, if this judge is so concerned about uh, law and order, maybe she could do something about the Ashley Babbitt matter. Hmm? Because a man inside the Capitol, armed with a gun, shot and killed an unarmed person who posed no deadly threat. That, oh, by the way, is in direct violation of their cherished George Floyd criminal justice bill that was uh, pushed so aggressively. All right. Next, the fake news always swoons for a January sixer who's on the side of the left. My exclusive interview with Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers, whose testimony before the January 6th committee may well end his political career, is next. Ah, yes, Rusty Bowers. An exclusive interview with Rusty Bowers. Are you going to wait through the commercial break to see the interview with Rusty Bowers? Who is that? Well, it's uh, not that guy. That guy, that guy. And uh, he is a hero. Just ask him. I take this current situation in a light manner a fearful manner, or a vengeful manner. I do not want to be a winner by cheating. I will not play with laws I swore allegiance to. Lighten up, Francis. Um, you are participating in a hearing that is fundamentally anti-democratic. It is fundamentally against the system that you uh, are bragging about supporting. There are big problems with this guy, and I look forward to his defeat in the next election. Okay? Uh, next, we have, ooh, who watches MSNBC? I do on the weekends, especially, just for amusement purposes. I can't believe that a major corporation runs MSNBC, and they allow this overt racism to happen. Take a look. Now, remember in 2016, after many, many members of the news media helped usher in this lunatic into the White House, the takeaway for many executives was, guys, we in the news didn't pay enough attention to racist white people. That's how we got those ridiculous terms like white economic anxiety and those voters of the heartland segments with a bunch of white Midwesterners and coffee shops that have never seen folks who look like this right here. Um, look like what exactly? What is she getting at? I did notice, actually, when I turned on the show that I did, never saw anybody like her on TV, a 42-year-old, 40-something-year-old woman wearing a, well, she looks like a nine-year-old ballerina. What is that, a tutu? Um, the other stuff is just too ugly to mention. Racist white people, right? Half the country, half the country. Anybody who voted for Trump is, is racist. Wow, that's something, huh? Quite a statement. Next. 
We also wonder why so many gatekeepers actively ignore a growing influential market which drives culture and conversation by catering to this smaller sect of society because they are uncomfortable talking about race. Their feelings seem to always matter more than truth, history, and facts. But not here on The Cross Connection, because here we know that as awful as rational people thought Donald Trump was on January 6th, Homeboy was just as awful on January 5th. And so were the people who rocked with him, every last one of you. But that's just my view, and maybe it's your view too. Wow, she's going after everybody who supported all the home. What did she say? Homeboys who rocked with him or something like that? Half the country, half the country. You know, I really don't like Obama anymore, right? I mean, he fooled me once, but I don't slam people who who supported him, right? A lot of Trump supporters, a lot of people who voted for Trump voted for Barack Obama. He would not have been president without those votes. An interesting take she has on her audience, actually. All right, take a look at this. Have you heard the uh, debate over the burn pits? These are very common occurrences in military environments, going all the way back to the Vietnam War. To dispose of trash, they put them in big holes and set them on fire, and it created some toxic smoke, and a lot of people may have come down with some very serious diseases. So they put together some legislation that would help veterans um, pay for their medical costs or give them treatment. Sounds great. Devil is sometimes in the details. Enter John Stewart. He's a big veterans advocate, but I'm also thinking he's a he's a big John Stewart advocate because, well, I saw a lot of grandstanding. I did. And, you know, he could have picked up the phone and talked to some of these people, but I think he finds it easier, more profitable and I don't know, maybe better for his future political career, if he has one, to stand in front of a microphone and yell and scream. And boy, has he been yelling and screaming. Over the line. No, no, no. Because these people John. have suffered for 15 years. Because you're a I, Look at them in the troll. face. Look I, at them in the face. You're a troll. Guys, I want the bill passed. Not a good right. face. I'm for the right. bill. You're not a good face. So what's the problem? What are you trying first, to do here? My question is, what is John, what? why is John, I'm, I'm not even against you guys. What are you no, trying to do? Then what are you doing? Then what are you... Wow, pretty intense. Now, that's Jack Posobiec. You know him. I actually like him a lot. Uh, Navy veteran, by the way. I'm not coming down on John Stewart entirely. This actually gives me hope. Yes, he's a bit of a grandstander. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about his character, but this was nice. Take a look at what happened a few minutes later. This is Jack Posobiec. I'm here with Tim Jensen of Grunstyle. And hello. John Stewart is also here. John Stewart and I have decided to come to agreement. Have we not, John? Yes, sir. I lost, I lost my temper a little bit. I felt like I was being trolled. And uh, I realized that the important thing is you just got to get this done for these guys and get them over the finish line to get the health care they need. We're at 98%. Let's get it over the last 2%, please. Is That's that cool. fair? Fair. You shake on it. 7 5, brother. Do or die. Isn't that nice? That is actually genuinely nice. Good for John Stewart and Jack and the other guy. All right, when we come back. Carrie Lake from Arizona. She's running for governor, of course, and tomorrow is primary day. Carrie Lake, when we come back. Hi, Harry. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. 
Oh. Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so, because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. I'm happy to it if you'd like it. to. I'm happy to address it, but I, I'm really disappointed in Fox. I thought you were a little better than CNN. I love it. Nobody shuts down the fake news better than Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for governor. And tomorrow is primary day. Carrie Lake joins us right now. Carrie, can you ask? There you are. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. I enjoyed watching those clips. It's been fun taking on the fake news media left and right. (laughs) Well, they deserve it. And by the way, tomorrow is primary day. And I did look, I'm looking at various websites in Arizona, official websites about when the polls open and close. And I believe it's from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. But that's actually not easy information to find on official government websites in Arizona. Have you noticed that? It's so confusing. I mean, we we vote for 27 days. They send everybody a mail-in ballot. I didn't even request a mail-in ballot. I'm not on the list, but they sent me one. There's voting centers. There's drop-off. It's so confusing, and this is why we have to reform our elections and make it easy. You shouldn't need to have to dig around and search for all of this information. We just have to make it easy. Easy to vote, impossible to cheat, and that's what I intend to do when I'm governor. We're going to reform the whole election system and make it the most honest election in the country for all voters, Democrat, Independent, and Republican. We know President Trump is certainly on your side. A good chunk of the Republican establishment has been trying to prop up your competitor. This is the final push. You're heavily favored tomorrow, but anything can happen in politics. For those in Arizona, why should they pick you? Well, we have a plan to get Arizona on the right track. We took a wrong turn a long time ago. We have our our borders are wide open. We had great borders under President Trump. Joe Biden came in and, and pulled away a perfect policy with our borders. And we're going to enact our sovereign rights as a state and take back control of our borders from the cartels. Stop the flow of fentanyl coming in that's poisoning our young people. Stop the human and child trafficking. We're going to reform our elections and our education system. We want our kids going to school and the time that they're there being educated to prepare them for the opportunities in the future, not being indoctrinated. We've got a plan for water. Frankly, we want to look at bringing new water resources into Arizona as we continue to grow in all of these blue states, drive people out, and they're all coming to Arizona. We've got a plan as well to help businesses thrive during um, Biden's horrible economy and his inflation. And we just have the best America first policies to bring in into Arizona and get us right back on the right course. So you had a very successful career in broadcasting uh, for many, uh, many decades. Can you speak a little bit about, in your view and my view as well, government is really supposed to be by the people like it's okay for people who have not served in government before to run for these high offices. In fact, I believe that's really kind of what the founders had in mind, that citizens (laughs) could be statesmen. Am I wrong? Exactly. But you tell the establishment that and they're like, no, no, no. Only the political elite can get involved. And that's why they're throwing everything they've got at me. None of it's sticking. But they don't want us citizens involved. They don't want it to be a, a, demo, a, a party of the people. They don't want it to be a government that is controlled by the people. I'm running to take orders from the people. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be representing the people of Arizona, and they know that. For the first time in a long time, we're going to have a governor of the people. They're my boss. 
And that's how it was meant to be. People should be stepping forward. And I'm seeing a lot of it on the campaign trail. A lot of regular people, moms and dads, running for various offices from school board all the way up to U.S. Congress, and including myself, running for governor. It's the people who have the so-called political experience who got us into the mess we're in right now. And we need some real people to get us out of it. It's pretty uh, it's pretty sweet, isn't it? The Biden administration now completing Donald Trump's wall in Arizona. At least that's the headline. You're there on the ground. That's actually happening or is about to happen, isn't it? That's what we're hearing. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that because we've been talking about the border and saying how we're going to address the border, which is finishing President Trump's wall, putting boots on the ground, namely our Arizona National Guard. We're going to go down there and actually stop people from coming over. Right now, they walk right into the arms of the Border Patrol because of Joe Biden. And we are going to stop people from coming over. When we catch them, we're sending them back across the border. And so because we've been talking about that and because Joe Biden looks even more inept by the day, they are now saying they're going to come in and complete parts of the wall. Whether they do it or not, we are going to finish Trump's wall starting January of 2023 when I'm elected governor. Carrie, the uh, the fake news really has tried to do a number on you, but they haven't laid a glove on you. If you don't mind, stick around for a moment. I want to show you one of my favorite fake news moments uh, right after the break. We'll be right back. You got a time? Yep, I do. Okay, looking thank forward you. to it. Thank you so much. Be right back. Well. The fake news, they have been out to get Carrie Lake. I laughed out loud, though. They interviewed like dozens and dozens and dozens of people. And you're about to find the person they found that they could get to say something negative in their eyes about Carrie Lake. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I want to bring Carrie Lake back in, though, before we play this moment. And overall, uh, ma'am, why did they choose you? Why did they oppose you so much? Is it be the fake news media, the the establishment. What is it about you that set them off? I think because they're kind of working with the Democrat Party. They're working with the Uniparty and they want to control who runs for office. And they know that with a candidate like me, I'm similar to President Trump. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And that scares the hell out of them. And they want to keep the status quo where they deliver the fake news, they prop up the politicians that they choose, and, and I'm basically tipping the apple cart over and setting it on fire. And well, they don't know what to do about it. I, I agree with everything you just said, but there's one more factor, jealousy. I think they're jealous of you, that you, that you stepped over and that you're doing as well as you are. So I'm going to play this moment for... It's easy, it's easy to be a critic. It's easy to be a critic when you're sitting on the sideline doing nothing except contributing to the problem, which is what 95% of the people in fake news are doing, probably more than that. And they want to criticize me. I don't care what they say about me. It doesn't... I don't even lay awake at night thinking about them. It's... They are, they are meaningless in my world. So I, I hope they don't... Uh, think that they're having an impact. I take the hits with joy. Well, uh, I took I took this one with vicarious joy because, all right, they may not mean <laughs> anything, but I'm going to play it because I think it says so much more about them than anyone else. But this is the one person they could find to say something slightly negative, And we'll take a look. This is somebody you used to work with a bunch of years ago. This is the Vaughn Hilliard NBC thing. Go ahead. Mm. One thing that hasn't changed, according to Lake's former colleagues, her stubborn combative style. You were her HR manager. Yes. How was she to work with 
when there was tension. She wouldn't work with you. She would leave. Carrie wants what Carrie wants. That's what she wants. <laughs> Smoking gun. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just well, let look. me just say, go ahead. Let me say something about that. If I if we had more time, I could go grab my personnel file, which I have here at home showing my perfect reviews where where it said Carrie Lake is a true leader and Diana signed it. So um, I don't want to disparage Diana. She's a nice woman. I always um, really treated her with respect and I thought love and not everybody did. I tried to treat everybody well and she's a gold star mother and I just refused to sink to that level. I don't know uh, what she's got a hole in her heart and I don't blame her because she lost her son. And, and that pains me, and um, and I just want to wish her the best, to be honest. Well, that's beautiful. And uh, look, I mean, when you get right down to it, Greg wants what Greg wants. You can say that about anybody in the world. And quite <laughs> frankly, let's face it, nobody likes going to HR. No one's making friends no. with the people in HR. I'm going to tell you this. As Arizona's next governor, I'm going to want what I want to help the people of Arizona. I will not back down from a fight to help Arizona. And that's the kind of person you want in the governor's office, not a pushover like my rhino opponent who was too chicken to show up for three out of the four debates we had. I can't even imagine someone afraid of me going against the cartels. And we need someone who's strong right now in the governor's office. Well, some of those debates were really something. And uh, and you, of course, uh, outshined, in my opinion, you outshined everybody. So listen, Carrie Lake, good luck tomorrow. Let's see, the polls do open at 6 a.m. In, um, in Arizona. They close at 7 o'clock. Good luck and keep in touch, okay? Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. You bet. We'll be right back. All right, so we got Ayman al-Zawahiri, the leader of al-Qaeda for the past 11 years. Hey, that's good news. Al-Qaeda's still out there. ISIS, remnants of ISIS. There are terrorists out there that want to harm America. But what should America really be concerned about right now? This is Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat of New York, and he has some thoughts on what the real threat to America is. The threat right now in this country to the American people are extreme MAGA Republicans. That's the threat. That's the problem. That's the crisis that we confront. Extreme MAGA Republicans. Okay, I guess he, I'm not a Republican, but he's kind of talking about me. I mean, I'll maul MAGA. What's the problem? And then he listed it. He said, oh, if you feel this way about uh, Roe v. Wade, you're a, you're a threat to America. If you feel this way about the election, you're a threat to America. That's dangerous stuff. Not my political viewpoints, but a man of his power. He could be speaker. He could be the next speaker. Well, a couple of speakers from now. And he's saying stuff like this. Oh, Liz Cheney. She's been deceiving Everybody, you know, the president of the United States can't order the National Guard into a, a domestic situation or the military. They can authorize its use, but somebody else, an official like a mayor, has to actually order it. She's been deceptive because she knows what she's saying here. The president can't do. Listen. Donald Trump never issued any order to deploy the guard to protect the Capitol. Uh, and, and so I would point people to his own secretary of defense's public testimony. We know some things already, obviously. We know that that while the attack was unfolding, um, the uh, President Trump did not send help. 
Donald Trump would not get on the phone and order the military or law enforcement agencies to help. And for hours, Donald Trump chose not to answer the pleas from Congress, from his own party, and from all across our nation to do what his oath required. Very interesting. Deceptive. She's being deceptive. Heard an interesting conversation between Mark Levin and Cash Patel, who will be joining us later this week for more on Liz and just how dishonest she's been. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow. All the best. Thank you.